Welcome to Fearless Conversations, a podcast for professional working moms who want to feel more confident, have more impact, and stop second-guessing themselves. I'm your host, former Big Four, certified mindset coach, and mom, Anya Morgan. Listen in to learn how to feel more self-assured, how to own the value you bring in your role, and how to deal with challenging situations easily and drama-free. If you're a mum in professional services who wants to feel better and get more done, this podcast is for you. Let's dive in. Welcome back. Today in this episode, I'm talking about confidence, what it is, what it isn't, and how to have more of it. My goal for this episode is to give you a structured container in which to think about what it is you're really talking about when you say confidence. When you notice that you're feeling squiffy or not quite ready for a meeting or an opportunity that you're pursuing and you're wanting to feel confident, I want you to come back and re-listen to this episode and tap into what it is we're really talking about when we talk about confidence. Because I do think we've received a lot of mixed signals And I do think a lot of us are not really clear on what it is we're talking about when we talk about confidence. So I want to just start straight out the gate by saying what confidence isn't. So often women will come to me and tell me they want to feel more confident. They want to work on their confidence. They see how a lack of confidence is holding them back and they want to do things differently. And no sooner have they told me these things than they qualify that with, but I don't want to be too confident. And I don't think there's any such thing as being too confident. And whenever I go into what my definition of confidence is, you're going to see why. The too confident energy that we've experienced, which we don't like, and is what these women are speaking to, is that slightly aggressive, very domineering, over the top, pushy energy that we've all been on the receiving end of that when we're not very clear about how we think about confidence can feel like uber confidence that uber confidence is really arrogance it's not just that person's thoughts about themselves which is what confidence is and which is what we're going to be talking about today it's what their thoughts are about themselves as compared to you or somebody else in the room I'm better than you. I'm better than everybody else here. I know most here. I know more here. I'm the greatest here. There's something in arrogance that is kind of pitting them against you. And that's what feels so horrible about being on the receiving end of arrogance, because we feel that implicit in the words, in the actions, in the energy, and we resist it. Confidence, on the other hand, feels lovely to be in the presence of. We feel like we're being led. We feel like decisions are being made. We feel like there's an open um, platform for conversations. The the icky thing that you might confuse with confidence in in a Venn diagram of confidence and arrogance in your head is really arrogance. It's not confidence. So let your brain take confidence away from arrogance and separate these two things. There's no such thing as too confident. The second thing that confidence is not is the spiel that we all can do. So I call the spiel 
that thing we do. So when I ask somebody, what are, the, what are you good at? Oh, I'm really effective communicator and I collaborate effectively and I maximize outputs and blah, blah, blah. It's a set of to what Donald Trump would call good words. It's a corporate script that we've learned to speak from, which behooves a person of our position and task level. And it means nothing. So when someone tells me these words, there's not very much beneath them. There's a huge difference between saying client service is something I keep front and center. What does that mean? Oh, it just means that I'm really focused on client service and I understand that it's important versus I really like dealing with people. So I understand when I get in front of a client, what I want to do is create a connection and a relationship between us that will allow them to tell me what their problem is. I can then look at their problem through my lens of experience and expertise and bring all the solutions and all the problem solving that I've done in the past to get them a solution. Then I'm able to tell them back their problem, help them understand the solution I'm offering. And then from there, we talk about what the scope of work might be. That's excellent communication. And we must know what's underneath these words that we're using, what it is we're really saying about our skill set, about our experience, about what it is we're bringing to the table when we throw around these words. I find that very often we don't. Very often we, we've learned the script, we know what the script says, we regurgitate the script and it kind of falls meaningless even for ourselves. The third thing that confidence is not is validation. When I came back to work after that first maternity leave, this was what I was suffering with was I had created all my good feelings about the way I worked and how I worked and who I worked with from being very available for work. So saying yes all the time, logging on at night, being very responsive, always engaged, very highly connected to all pieces of work all the time. And that's feasible in your 20s and early 30s when you know, your social life is in the office, you actually enjoy your work, you're learning loads. I do believe that. I think it is a great start to get off to in your career to totally immerse yourself in what you're doing. It's not for everybody. I'm not saying that everybody should work that way. For me, it was a really great time. I wish in hindsight that somebody had told me what I was doing with the validation though, because what I wasn't building out was a set of tools whereby I could think of myself and my contribution in a way that was separate from when other people were recognizing my input and contribution. And in the absence of being able to please and perform and be there for everybody else all of the time, I really struggled with what even is it that I do that's useful. And this was what took me on this journey to becoming a coach, sharing this work with other women, was kind of the realization like this is such a huge thing to be able to own what we do, own how we spend our time, own the way we set up our work days to give maximum benefit to our employers without being in this hamster wheel of responding to other people so that they give us validation so that we get to feel good about what we're doing. If you work that way, you will find that you experience highs and lows off you know it's a, one client said this to me a few weeks ago she said some days you know I genuinely wonder 
why I'm not managing partner. And then even later that day, I could be like, why did they even take you into the graduate recruitment program? And I laughed. I could totally relate to what she's saying. Like that kind of like all or nothing. Like, oh, I am great. I am great when all the validation's coming. But then when the validation dries up, it's like, what do I even do? That's a sign if, if you, if that clicks with you, that's a sign that you're doing this. You're receiving your good feeling about yourself and the work you do 100% from others. This is not confidence. It's validation, which is an important part of what we do. We need to feel appreciated. We need to feel recognized and seen. The people who work for you need to feel appreciated and recognized and seen, but it's not confidence. So don't confuse it with confidence. The fourth thing that confidence isn't, it isn't something you're born with or not. It's a mindset. By that, I mean a set of thoughts that you can practice and make it easy for yourself to access and grow out and develop. So what then is confidence? It's a feeling of trust in three things. The first thing is our abilities. So that's our skills, our expertise and our experience. The second thing it's a feeling of trust in is our qualities. So the way we are, the way we look at things, the way we do things, our character, if you like. And the third thing that it is, is a feeling of trust in the way we think. So by the way we think, I mean a feeling of trust in our ideas, our opinions, our reasons, the basis on which we make decisions. This feeling of trust comes from our thoughts about those things. So our thoughts about our abilities, our thoughts about our qualities, and our thoughts about our ideas and opinions. And when I say the thoughts that we have about those things, I mean the truest thoughts, like what we really think about our abilities and qualities and the way we think in our head. And this is why the spiel, that sort of full confidence we get from parroting back, like what are perceived to be the right words, isn't at all a useful way to think about how we create confidence. What we think in our heads is what creates the feeling of trust or not. So I want you to imagine, I told you in episode two about that like ticker tape of thoughts that goes around our head all day, every day. And I want you to imagine we were able to go into that ticker tape and snip off the thoughts about your abilities, your qualities, the way you think, the way you form your opinions. Let's say we were able to sift out all those we thoughts, snip them off, put them into a cocktail shaker, shake them up, and that's what you drink every morning. And it either creates confidence for the day because your thoughts about what you can do, who you are, and how you think motivate you and empower you and let you move forward, or they don't. They have you wondering what it is you do, wondering what it is, how, how it is you contribute, wondering what it is you do even think and if it's worth sharing. What we think about ourselves will show up in how we go through every day. If when we think about our abilities, our qualities and the way we think, we feel a sense of trust and safety, that's confidence. Feeling unconfident is an inherent mistrust in our abilities, qualities and the way we think. 
And like I said to you in the last episode, we reveal what we really think in the actions we take. So if you mistrust your ideas and opinions, that's going to manifest itself as you sitting in a meeting, having an idea, connecting dots in your head, bringing all your experience and education that is very useful and valid to what's being discussed at the meeting, having an opinion, having an idea, and then silencing yourself. And then being totally annoyed two minutes later when somebody else comes with exactly the same input. That's how it looks when we mistrust what we think and we don't permit ourselves to share what we think. And that comes from not giving ourselves the permission because we're not even really sure of what we think about what we think. So if you want to feel more confident, the way to do that is just for now, here and today, open up to thinking about yourself with a little bit more regard and a little bit more fairly than you already do. I find that most of us think about ourselves quite unfairly. So when I ask the question about ability, what I typically hear is, I'm not really a complete and utter perfect expert yet, therefore I don't really rate my ability very high. Whereas if your friend or your husband or one of your children came to you and wanted to talk about their ability and you know practice, I now want to talk about what I'm good at, you would never cut them off and say, but do you really know everything? Are you really an expert? You would be able to receive what they were telling you. This is what I can do. This is what I do know. This is what I have experience in. And that would feel true and real to you. Most of us don't do that for ourselves. So the questions are simple. What's my skill set? What can I do well? How do I match my skill set to the experience I have to talk about the ability that I have? What kind of qualities do I possess? What is it about me that makes me well suited to whatever it is I'm talking about here, be it parenting, be it work, be it how you cook, be it the way you approach exercise, whatever it is you want to be confident in, what is it that about you that combines with your specific cocktail of experience and knowledge about the thing that we're talking about that makes you feel confident about it? And how do you form views? Do you challenge your own thinking? Do you take a lot of time to really think about what you think, to form opinions, to listen to what others say, to read? How do you value your own thinking? And although simple, these questions are excruciating for most of us to answer. Most of us have not been taught how to think about ourselves like this. So if this feels hard for you, and if even the thought of doing this right now, your brain's like, that makes me feel tired, or my God, that, you know, I'll do that later, or Let, I must just put a time on my calendar to do that someday, is how it might sound for you if it feels hard. I want to just normalize this for you. Thinking about these things is hard for us all. And here's why. For most of us, it's not been how we've been conditioned to think about ourselves. We've been taught that what other people think of our abilities, qualities, and the way we think is what gives it merit or not. 
So this is this validation that I'm, I was talking about to you before when I was saying this is what confidence isn't. Most of us have implicitly learned, so nobody ever sat us down and said this, but implicitly what we've learned is what teacher, what mommy and daddy, what, you know, scout leader, whoever it is, but outside of you, what they think of your abilities, qualities and thought processes makes them right or wrong. Very rarely are we ever asked, but what do you think of you? We might be asked it as we go through the motions sometimes, you know, performance review. But truly, for you to take time to form a view, knowing that the answer to that question is really important and makes you feel either confident or not, for very few of us have we had a meaningful example of how we do this. So we've not been encouraged to actively spend time constructively thinking about ourselves because it's just not the way most of us think. We actually think, most of us, the way to think about ourselves is the way other people give us a green light to think about ourselves. And that's dangerous because other people are not a valid source of our emotional well-being. Not only have we not been taught how to do this and kind of been implicitly told that the answer is in what somebody else thinks, most of us have received the implicit messaging again that thinking and speaking well of ourselves is cocky or arrogant or tooting our own horn. It's okay if somehow someone else said something good about us and we repeat that, but not okay if we say it. This makes no sense when you think about it, but the conditioning runs deep and it makes it very uncomfortable for most of us to think about ourselves in a very trustful, safe positive, affirming way. And for all these reasons, starting to think about ourselves through what is it that I'm good at doing? How is it that I do that that makes it a useful way of doing things? How do I form my opinions? Do my opinions have merit? It feels really clunky. It's that thing that I spoke to you about in the last episode about learning to drive a car, learning to do new things from scratch. Our brain will resist it and instead want to do things the way it always did them. That is, for most of us, seek the validation externally rather than start to learn how to create it internally. And as hard as it is to go through this process and as normal that it is that it's hard to go through this process, not being able to generate the confidence that you want to be able to voice your opinions in a meeting, have an idea at work and follow through with it, have a conversation about why it is somebody told you you were going to be in the promotion pipeline this year and now you don't seem to be. Not being able to do those things when also in a part of your mind you know you are able for it, you have the skills for it, that is really hard too. And I say this because when we try to do something new, our brain needs the awareness of what's at stake. Oh, it's hard thinking about myself in a different way. Yeah, but it's also hard not being able to realize the benefits of how you communicate when you've done that harder piece of work. So in order to change how it does things, our brain really needs that buy-in. Let your brain see where a lack of confidence, where not feeling confident in yourself is impacting your life and do that non-judgmentally. You haven't learned these skills before. We're certainly not taught them in schools. 
We're not taught them in our homes because most of our parents weren't even conscious of these things. They just taught us the way they had been taught to think. So nobody's to blame, it's nobody's fault, but also you have consequences of not being, playing full out, not owning your expertise and your abilities and your experience and your skill set and the way you are and the things that you're very thoughtful about. There are consequences to you of not being fully cognizant of those things. And I think it's useful to bring them onto your radar, just that you understand what's at stake with it. So how often do you reflect on these things? If you want to feel more confident, start here. What abilities, qualities, and ways of thinking brought you to where you are in your career today? This role you've landed in today, you've created that with your ability, your qualities, and the way you think and do things. If your brain just told you that in your very exceptional and specific case, it wasn't abilities and qualities and thinking that brought you to where you are, but rather sheer luck or coincidence, then you're exactly like most women I speak to. And it wasn't luck. It 100% wasn't luck. You got where you are through the application of all of those things. What are those things? You can start to feel more confident this very week by giving some time to this set of thought processes. Form a view on your abilities and qualities. Decide to value them. It will make you feel nervous for all the reasons I've told you. That's the way it's supposed to be whenever you're learning a new way of thinking. Next week, I'm going to be talking on the next episode about specifically feeling more confident at work. Um, what it is we need to know in order to feel more confident at work and what it is we need to understand very specifically to your work context. So make sure you join me for this one. And in the meantime, have a great start to the week and I'll speak to you soon. Thanks for listening. If you liked what you heard today, I want to invite you to click subscribe so that you hear any future episodes of this podcast as they drop. Also, if you heard me say something today that you think would help another woman that you know, then please be sure to share that podcast with her and I'm sure she will be so thankful. Speak soon.